The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Money in Your Life, the radio program that gives you the insight and motivation to be more successful with all aspects of your personal finances. Your hosts are Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. Today's program will feature experts and intriguing ideas that will show you how money is actually operating in your life. Now, here are Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. Good morning. You have Money in Your Life, a weekly show about the influence of money in your life. I'm Ann Hutchins. And I'm Brian Farr. You know, Ann, as coaches, we use the term tools quite a bit. And we assume that people we talk with know the difference between a tool like a hammer and a tool like the money story exercise. Well, that's very true, Brian. You know, the toolkit I use in my coaching includes a lot of things that aren't exactly physical, but they can be used either to tear down old and unstable structures so that's pretty physical, or ways of acting, and in that process, we build a new foundation. Right, right. You know, and, and the starting place for using any tool is right where we are. Say a little bit more about that. Um, well, let's see. For example, if a client comes into me and says, I don't have enough money to retire, and I feel stressed out all the time. Uh, it's not that uncommon to have folks coming in like that. One of the first things I do is help them develop a clear picture of their current monthly living expenses. Now, this exercise can seem boring to some people, and for some people it can be difficult to complete. But without a clear picture of current monthly expenses, people go in circles about whether or not they have enough money. Yeah, that's really true. The thing I hear most often from clients is, I don't have enough. So the first two questions are enough for what and how much is enough. Yeah. You know, these two conversations, which should never be hurried and which I always revisit, are really crucial conversations. So you, these, these questions that you're describing, these two questions, they're part of your toolkit for financial conversations. Exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So in our program today, we're going to talk about toolkits for financial conversations. These are the tools that Ann and I use in working with our clients. They're the best suggestions from our guests over the past five months and ideas from you, our listeners. Ann, let's start with your question, how much is enough? What makes that an effective question for financial conversations? Well, the first thing that it does, and this I should say that this question is not the first question I ask. It's after introduction. But the the first thing it does is it allows me to differentiate a financial coach from a financial planner. And that's a really important differentiation. It's an important differentiation for the client who comes maybe expecting that I am going to help them work out their retirement planning. Mm -hmm. And we get to that. We get to some conversation around money 
because then we start with the client where they are, just as you talk about with uh, assessing the client's money situation. We -hmm. start with the client where they are to determine to determine how much is enough for now and how much more they are thinking about in their mind when they say, I don't have enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really it's a way of backing into a conversation about what is that money serving? What values is your money serving? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, it's one of the themes that's come through so many of our programs is the importance of, of underlying values. And I think what I'm hearing you say around the how much is enough, I, I'll, I'll, I'm not sure it's exactly what you're saying. When I'm asking that question, I know that, that it's somewhat informed by my background as a counselor. Right. And so I'm focusing on the money part, but I also know that there's stuff underneath that does this person – what helps this person feel safe in the world? Yeah. You know, sometimes what I have found with uh, I would say at least 50 percent of my clients is the very exercise of sitting down and looking at their – current financial picture, what assets they have, what, excuse me, what liabilities they have, the, what their monthly bills are, Mm -hmm. what their income is. All the basics. All the basics. Sometimes just that exercise without any judgment about, I can't believe you buy a latte every day (laughs) is really a liberating. Yeah. 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 Over and over and over again in my office, there's people sit at my table and they go, "Okay, now I have a clearer sense. And it's the it's the it's the free floating anxiety that can lead to that feeling of I don't have enough. And parts of life are always going to be free floating. We can't we can't dial down everything. But there's a bunch of this stuff. There's a bunch of the information around finances that when we get clear on it, it's like, oh, that's what's going on. I can right. live with that. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Exactly. And really, really focusing on that. You know, in our in our system, in our society, it's really easy to have expenses that are automatically paid, and you're not watching them. Yeah. So when you when uh, you know our our guest Brian O'Connor talked about this, he he talked about the expenses that were automatically being paid on his credit card, which he had meant to cancel two years before. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Those are likely to be small, but starting small is where you have to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, clearing yeah. up those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so we start with the values conversation. Where did? What about you, Brian? What is? What are some of your starting conversations? Well, I think that that the um, it's it's a question that um, wh- where I basically open the conversation up with. So, what's going on around finances? And for some people. That and opening a question like that, and which is something that sometimes that my wife and I will sit down and we'll ask ourselves the same question. It's like it might be a numbers issue. It might be a concern about the future. It might be something that we've heard about that we want to contribute money to because we both believe it's in alignment with our values. Um, So I think that that 
having permission, giving myself permission, uh, giving ourselves permission to ask that open-ended question and really kind of explore generally um, the topic before we dive down into the specifics. That's one of the that's what that's one piece of my toolkit. Well, you know, over and over again, what what you bring up and what we heard over and over again from our guests is a common theme is that communication is at the very core of the money, the money issue. And that and our guest, Lee Hosner, said it best when she said, you know, money is the only taboo subject left in our society. For whatever reason, we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And. Over and over and over again at the individual, at the family, with the conversations with advisors, we have heard and we, you and I have talked about this a lot in our own practices, that if we can begin to give our clients tools and to, for having that conversation, even with themselves, for mm-hmm. communication, mm-hmm. That, that brings the relief that they're looking for. Right. Right. And it's interesting the, that I'm a licensed professional counselor as well as having an experience in, in the investment management business. We've had guests who come from the counseling side of the equation and have brought those skills over to finances. And we've had guests who are in the financial world and have realized that, that they need to come closer to the counseling side almost uh, to get underneath. I remember it was Maggie Baker uh, this was number. This is probably four months ago. She said, "Look inside ourselves and figure out what we want individually." Right. And I think that that one of the things we can miss that even even for a person who lives by himself or herself, we can miss that conversation with ourselves and say, "What's really important?" Or to get down into another level, what are the patterns? That's one of the things that Maggie also said. Recognize patterns that have shaped our lives. So to take an hour on a Saturday morning and kind of not just worry about it the way we have in the past or feel bad about it or feel elated about a big victory, but to look at it, okay, so what are these patterns and how are they playing out? Yeah. And 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 then just to say one more thing on that, if if – as I said, for somebody who's living by themselves, we can we can get caught up in our lives and not take the time to do that. But when we're in partnership, we can get over focused on our partner and not do that process with ourselves. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, the the main barrier that we run into in this process is time. Yes. And. Are we are very all very transaction oriented, and this is a, a process of short term and long term. So, mm-hmm. what am I what am I doing now, and what do I want for the future? And it's mm-hmm. it has to be done every single day, and it has to be intentional. But if you think about the amount of time that you spend worrying about money and worrying about not having enough, and translate that into really looking at what you have instead mm-hmm. of worrying about it, mm-hmm. you'll begin to make progress. Yeah. 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 The, you, you're, there's two points I've heard you saying there. One is the transactions and, and that we do when, when I think it's like what I was trying to say at the first is that I, 
I don't want myself or my wife or people, my friends, when I talk with them about money or clients to go too quickly to the transaction of how can we fix this? Here, I think I know what's wrong. How can we fix it? A lot of times that will get us off on a on a detour or some little small fix, whereas if we take the time to actually explore the larger issues that are connected to this thing up on top that we want to fix, if we explore those larger issues, then we can get to some real resolution. Yeah, and it seems very weighty. I mean, our brain, our brains don't like new things. <laughs> we just don't. We like right. we even if our old slippers hurt, mm-hmm. we'll we'll keep wearing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So take it slow and take it. Take small steps. Take small wins. Mm-hmm. You know, take five minutes on a Saturday, and and work up to an hour. That's that's one thing. You know, and identify where I start with clients to begin the communication with themselves is around a money story exercise. How did you learn about money? What do you think about money? How, what are some of the things that may be conscious or unconscious messages that you have been carrying around about money? And is it still relevant? Mm-hmm. So tell tell me, can you can you give me an example? Let's let's say like we've done in, in previous shows where there's a composite character. What kinds of things do you uncover if you go through that sequence of the four questions you just asked? What do people learn for themselves? What people learn is that they may be carrying around an example of a story. Maybe they didn't grow up in wealthy circumstances okay but now they are wealthy Mm -hmm. and they are feeling very stressed out about their situation even though they have plenty of money for their kids education for their for vacations for whatever it is that they want Mm -hmm. but they're feeling very unhappy about it and thinking, wow, I don't have enough money because they're looking around and other people seem to be doing things differently or better. Mm-hmm. Beginning to have beginning to have that conversation about the where they learned that is really important. I'll give you an example. Several clients, I had a couple of clients who came and said, you know, I'm really stressed out. We've got all these properties. I'm the main breadwinner. My husband has been unemployed for a period of time and I don't have enough to retire. And, and really when we went through the money story, one of the things that kept coming up was a story from his childhood, which was of the family sitting around the kitchen table and the father telling the mother that they didn't have enough money for even for the groceries. Wow. Wow. So that's, and, and he had, yeah, he remembers that. He remembered that. It was a very, one of those scarring. It was, it was, it was a very tense when the conversation, so, so what came out of that was not so much the not having enough for the groceries. It was that any conversation around money was highly stressful yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. 
So he didn't have them. Right, right. You know? right. And we, we began to break them down into what small thing can you do today to begin to have a conversation around money? I mean, because he had all these thoughts in his head, but there were small steps that we could take. And everybody is different, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's different. That's the the really important point in financial coaching and in your money life. Mm -hmm. What works for one person may not necessarily work for you. Yeah. And so the the money story exercise, essentially, it's it's it's. For you, you're the coach. You ask the question. But for people who are not working with a coach, they can ask themselves that question. You can ask your partner. You can ask your parents or your kids. But it's basically saying, what are the questions? What what is it that that has a a, a spotlight on it in your memory? What's yeah yeah? It's a it's a what is the trigger and what's the reaction? So you begin, there's a very physical feeling around the, the feeling of the stress around money. It's not just in people's head. Mm-hmm. It's a very physical reaction. So instead of asking why, mm-hmm. asking the question, what are you feeling? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a question in my toolkit. It's one of my favorite ones is if you could point to a place in your body where that feeling lives, where would you point? Yeah. And that one, uh, I just had the opportunity, it was earlier this week, and there was just a, a pause, and then the person put their hand right on their chest. They felt they felt that that's it was like a heaviness in their chest, and so then it's it's what you're saying, and it it gets out of just the thoughts, just the why, but how does it live within me? How does it get triggered? What do I do once it gets triggered? then people can work upstream from that. Then then people can start to recognize, oh, there it is again. There it is yeah. again, that thing that, that has gotten um, launched, but I don't have to let it run me this time. I right. can do something a little bit different. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we need to take a break now. Um, the program today is uh, on Toolkit for Financial Conversations. My name's Brian Farr, and I'm here with my co-host, Ann Hutchins, and we will be back after the break. Remember, you have money in your life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The goal of financial coaching is to open up the conversation around money with your spouse, your children, or your extended family. Ann Hutchins works with individuals, families, and financial professionals to improve relationships with money. Her work with clients is confidential, honest, and fun. Visit Ann's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.abhutchins.com. That's abhutchins.com. Do you have financial goals for yourself? Do you want to be smart with money in all areas of your life? If you're ready to become more effective with your personal finances, then you might be ready to hire a financial coach. Since 2002, Brian Farr has helped hundreds of people improve their relationship with money. He's unbiased, honest, and approachable. If you'd like to learn more about financial coaching, visit Brian's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.brianhfar.com. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Money in Your Life with Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. I'm Ann Hutchins with my co-host, Brian Farr, and today we're talking about your financial toolkit. Brian, before the break, we were talking about accessing feelings that that are barriers around conversations with money. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that when I talk about what I do as a financial coach, sometimes, and it happens a lot with professionals in the in the financial industry, this is seen as a woo-woo sort of out there <laughs> topic. Right, right, right. And the interesting thing is when we get a little past the, hi, I'm Ann Hutchins, I'm a financial coach, this is what I do, and into the conversation about values and how difficult it is to talk about money, the conversations, oh, you know, I was having such a hard time with a client the other day. He was having a fight with his wife about the money that they were spending and they wanted me to talk to her. And, you know, so this this is a very real thing, mm-hmm. this conversation around mm-hmm. money and change. And and it takes time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think there's actually a skill set issue here, coming back to our toolkit analogy, that generally speaking, financial planners, and I, I used to be a partner in an investment management firm, and my colleagues generally were more linear, more logical, more left brain. They were very comfortable with the numbers and the calculations and the computer projections, and uncomfortable when there were those stuck places or like what you're describing a an argument particularly like the arguments happening in their office and and so finding little tools to uncover that will help their clients but it's it's a stretch for financial planners and investment advisors to move into that world that as you say it feels like it's woo woo well part of it is because of the nature of time Mm. No. So be in in fairness, there is only so much time in a day and this work takes time. Mm-hmm. And this so you, work is You mean ahead. like a one hour if 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 you have a one hour client meeting if the, the and you want to cover what the projections are and what they need to do and how the tax ramifications are, if if this emotional piece gets opened up, you may not get to those other things. That's, that's exactly what you, right. Okay. okay. That's exactly that's exactly what I'm saying is you may not get to those other things or it may get to an uncomfortable place for all parties involved especially if you don't have the training or as we're talking about the toolkit mm-hmm. for managing that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, 
go ahead. Do you have something no. there? No, I was just going to I was just going to say and here we are back to it's all about communication. It's how you communicate. It's what you ask and it's there are pretty pretty easy ways to open up this conversation that don't have to be ponderous. Mhm. Mhm. One of my favorite ones was was uh, we did a program on the immunity to change. Um immunity to change is out of the uh, help me with this, Anne. It's the Graduate School of Education at Harvard University. Right, exactly right. Okay, and their language, they describe it as identifying your own buried background noise that starts revving up when we are confronted with something new, unfamiliar, or threatening. Exactly. I've heard it referred to as neural gossip. Yes, that's a that's a very good that's a concise way of saying it. Buried background noise or neural gossip, it's that it's that little drumbeat that happens, and that's the part. They, and I love their phrase, immunity to change. It's that neural gossip that is in the way between what we're doing now and what we want to do. Right, right, and and uncovering their primary suggestion, and this is an oversimplification, but what I took away from from that work by Keegan and Lacey um, there at Harvard is devise small experiments to test our assumptions, to test, to push against our mindset. And it's those small experiments. And with clients over and over again, I will find if I can get them to try one new behavior in a small area of their financial life, then they get a new experience of, of oh, I could do that. That, exactly. that turned out well. That's exactly right. It's just like we talked about at the beginning is that you're breaking down the old patterns and building a new foundation. Yeah. You know, and there are in in our conversations, there is the work of the individual. So there's what is – and the, the core around that is the conversation with yourself. What are your values mm-hmm. and how do you want money to serve those values? Mm-hmm. Is money is your money serving the values now or is there a complete mismatch? And what little things can you do right now to make a shift? And don't beat yourself up. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. takes a while. And then there's the family conversation. And then there's the extended family conversation, and then there is a conversation with advisors. So if you begin to have the the shifts for yourself, it becomes much easier to take it into a conversation with your spouse or a significant other, with your parents, with your kids, with the in-laws in an extended family <laughs> conversation, and then particularly with your advisors. So you build confidence. It's like building muscle, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying is that, is that it, it starts with, when we have the clarity within ourselves, then we can have a conversation. And you didn't say this, but it's been my experience, is that if, if we have that clarity within ourselves, we're less likely to get caught up in the other people's lack of clarity. Exactly. That's exactly right. So, you know, we're – there are several things that, that I've learned when talking with our guests. One of them is communicate early and often. Yes. You know, yeah. with your kids, with your spouse, with your, and from Tim Kasser, 
one of the things that he talked about a lot was there is verbal communication and there is nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. So there's what you say and what you do. I mean, mm -hmm. that old that old phrase of do as I say, not as I do. Mm -hmm. Kids, are, kids are pretty smart. Mm -hmm. you know? And they're watching what it is that we spend money on, what it is that we stress out about. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. So communicating early and often. And one of the, the things, again, I go back to Lee Hauser, one of the things that she talked about was we spend in our society, we spend uh, a lot of time focusing on building businesses and business plans and developing mission statements and goals and all that kind of stuff. That's what mm -hmm. drives the capitalist economy. The same thing is not done in a family and it can that model can be applied to the family? Hmm. Say more so about this. You have a family mission statement. Mm -hmm. You have a what do we want our legacy to be? Mm -hmm. Four areas of development that she points out the human, intellectual, social, and financial capital, and there are there are goals and roles in each one of those. So say those four again. So it's human capital. Mm -hmm. Who's in this unit? How are they? How are they different? How are we encouraging them to self-actualize and be different? Okay. Right. So then there's the, the human. The human. Then there is the intellectual capital. Do we believe in education? Mm hmm. So if we believe in education, there's the conversation that is how much are we going to spend around education if we don't have enough, if we don't have a lot of money to spend, how are we going to get the kids educated? And in, in addition to that kind of external education, wouldn't the family's understanding, the family's knowledge base also be part of that intellectual? Exactly right. Okay. Exactly. So that, how, that would be the kind do? Right. What do we do as a unit among ourselves mm -hmm. to educate ourselves? And it can be formal. It can be playing games. It can mm -hmm. be, you know, teaching your kids to iron or cook or anything like that. Or, you know, the 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 um, what was the one the save, spend, share yep. uh, that that um, format for helping kids develop a, a relationship with money that includes save, spend, and share with others. And that would also – that seems like that's part of the intellectual capital. Yeah. yeah. Those, okay. Okay. Yeah. So we've got human. We've got intellectual. Now, what was the third one? Social. Social. Social capital. What is my place in the world? What is our family's place in the world? And no matter what income level you are at, mm -hmm. you, are, you are in the world. Mm -hmm. So how do how do you want to be? Do you want to be a contributing community member? Do you want to be an isolated family? I mean, either one of those are fine, mm -hmm. but that's what you want to be really clear with yourself, your spouse, and your kids about. Mm -hmm. If you believe that community service is important, then you set up something like the save, spend, share, mm -hmm. and you begin to work with your kids, for example – you begin to work with your kids around how you identify, how they identify nonprofits mm -hmm. that they want to support, mm -hmm. how, you, how you decide which nonprofits 
based on both interest and based on their their financial health. Yep. yep. And then uh, whether you contribute time or money. Just mm-hmm. an example. Mm-hmm. So the social one, I'm reminded of uh, Kevin Sawin and his family and their decision to sell their house and give half the money to the villages in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one where that grew out of a conversation about the social capital that had been going on with those children. If I remember right, I can remember like when when the, the one daughter was like eight yep. and it was when she was 14 that they made that contribution. So for six years, that conversation was going on about who are we as a family in the world? Yeah. And uh, and I should say it doesn't I don't want to scare people off. It doesn't mean if you have this conversation, they're going to sell your house and give away half the money. But it, to me, it's interesting that 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 was a um, that was part of the family values to have that conversation regularly. It was the interesting thing to listen to uh, for me to listen to Kevin talking about that was he and his wife had always been community minded and community supported. Yes. But until they had that conversation and embarked on that journey, the kids didn't were not as aware of that participation and the level of that participation. I'm not talking about dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the what that value actually meant. Mm-hmm. So so what that focus, what that project did for that family is a is a really great example of how a values conversation can drive all kinds of different conversations and behaviors yeah. in yeah. in a family or with an advisor. And one example was he, Kevin said that my daughter won't, when she asked to borrow the car, she will have gone through the plus minus of her responsibility around that. I don't have to worry that she is going to borrow it recklessly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a really the the connections. Communication is all about connections. And so by opening up the conversation around human capital, intellectual capital, social capital, and we'll get to the fourth one here. But by opening up that conversation, those are more points, potential points for connection in that right. family or between the individuals or the couple and that and their uh, investment advisor when we when we have a bit of a format like Lee has suggested with these four four different aspects of capital we can cover more territory and make sure we're being fully connected around this topic yeah and the other thing is it because it provides a framework it provides a landing pad. So, for example, if you're talking about the intellectual capital, you begin to talk about the values. And mm-hmm. and one of the things that I've seen as being the uh, friction point for families is when children are making transitions, right? Mm-hmm. So when children go from being young children to t- adolescents to teenagers to college age – The conversations will will be different, will and should be different. The level of responsibility uh, in the conversation will and should be age appropriate. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That yep. and because time happens, because things time goes by really fast, and kids grow up really fast, that shift doesn't always happen. The... How many times? How many times have you heard an adult child say, "I always feel like a four-year-old when I go home to visit my aging parents." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And you're saying they, they got stuck in some of those transitions or they didn't make a successful transition where all parties then acknowledged, okay, so now I'm not dealing with a, a teenager. Now this is a young adult and then now this is an, uh, an established adult. Exactly right. And the money conversations invite the, the, that transition to happen. So when your child is very young and – you may adopt the save, spend, share. Seeing how they spend begins to form one story for you. When they get to be adolescents, that spending may shift completely. Right, right. But by having those conversations early on, um, there's a – you're already in communication with this child and you're getting a sense of what their values are and this kid wants to do it that way and the other kid wants to do it some way different. And so when they get up to the transition point, you can be more skillful at it as a parent. Exactly right. And there's the – so when kids are young, you're obviously not going to share a budget with them when they're Mm – no, but when they reach when they reach adolescence and when they uh, certainly when they are teenagers and then college age, even if they're living at home, mm-hmm. there there can be a conversation about a budget, even if you're paying for their cell phones and their yeah. food and their you know beginning to have a conversation about what that costs and oh, have yeah. a have agreements about here, this is how long we will support you. Or how about if we have this contract for a couple of years, we'll support Mm you. Yep. I think that having that open up early is, is really the foundation for that. Now, and we've got about three minutes until break. What is the fourth one in Lee's list? The financial. That's it. Okay. Financial. Human, human, intellectual, social, and financial. And isn't it interesting that financial is the fourth one? Oh yes, yes. Yeah, Other this is this this is really the highlight. Is that most people, a lot of people, especially people that come to us for coaching, have money at the top, right? You know, and yeah. these other things are what is supported by that money. Mm-hmm. So if you're clear on what on the development plan for all those other three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you get to the financial piece. And and by having conversations about those other three, that's how the values get uncovered. That's right. how that's how an individual's priority will get uncovered, how the family's priorities will get uncovered is is by saying, Okay, so what about this piece of it? What about the financial I mean, excuse me, what about the, the human capital, the intellectual capital, and the social capital? That's the, the ways we're in the world. Let's get some clarity around that. Then when the money comes along, the the, the financial conversation, then it's got it, it's like a garden has been the, the soil's been turned, there's good fertilizer, there's clarity, it's like, okay, so this is what we want to do with our finances. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, this is fun. I'm glad, um, and and that that I'm glad that we're taking the time to 
really review what is effective in the toolkit because we've covered a lot of good ground in, in our program over these last five months. And the, um, the common threads and then the specific suggestions, this is what I know that I've taken away from uh, working with our guests. And uh, now we're having a chance to, to share it with our listeners. Absolutely. Right. Okay, so we will be back in just a few moments. Um, if you would like to join our conversation, please call us at 866-472-5790, or you can email us at moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Brian Farr with co-host Ann Hutchins, and you have Money in Your Life. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you have financial goals for yourself? Do you want to be smart with money in all areas of your life? If you're ready to become more effective with your personal finances, then you might be ready to hire a financial coach. Since 2002, Brian Farr has helped hundreds of people improve their relationship with money. He's unbiased, honest, and approachable. If you'd like to learn more about financial coaching, visit Brian's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.brianhfarr.com. The goal of financial coaching is to open up the conversation around money with your spouse, your children, or your extended family. Ann Hutchins works with individuals, families, and financial professionals to improve relationships with money. Her work with clients is confidential, honest, and fun. Visit Ann's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.abhutchins.com. That's abhutchins.com. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you're listening to money in your life with brian farr and ann hutchins to reach our program today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. I'm Ann Hutchins with my co-host, Brian Farr. And today, we're talking about your financial toolkit. Brian, before the break, we were talking about communication in families and the and treating a family the same way that one might treat a business developing Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And one of the things that uh, is universal among our guests and in the work that we do is that communication is important. Yeah. And the the importance of a lot of a lot of times we think, oh, well, I'll just talk to you about that or the time is right, not right yet or will. So things build up and you don't talk about little things or big things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really important to to make this formalized, to set up a family meeting or even and to set up a meeting with your spouse or significant other 
or if you're an individual, to set up a meeting with yourself where you review. Exactly, where you review on a regular basis where you are in your money life, where you are in your in your life and how your money is serving your values. Yeah. It's such an important point, this this regularity. And uh and, and once again it comes, you know, there's a lot of time competition, you know, on the calendar, that kind of thing. But when I've I've had the opportunity in my work to to work with clients over a period of years and that that getting a monthly money meeting instituted um, I've had different people say that's really what makes the difference because stuff doesn't get swept under the rug or just forgotten about. We have a regular time. It's going to be the second Saturday of the month. We know we can do that and you know, or whatever time it might be for, for a couple or a family or for an individual, but that there's a regular one. I've found when people are – if they're really just trying to get started – once every two weeks is is better, but once once the pattern's up and running, then once a month we'll do it. And there's one other piece in here that people have reported to me. It takes away the stress from talking about money on the fly instead yeah. of instead of in the middle of the week trying to say, oh, we got to do this and how are we going to make that decision? It's like, oh, yeah, let's talk about that on Saturday when we meet. Brian, I'm reminded of a caller that we had who was – so enthusiastic about having set up family meetings with her husband, set up a regular meeting with her husband. Yes. She said, you know, I used to ask him when he was brushing his teeth. You know, <laughs> he always that. got mad and it uh, was really infuriating for both right, of us. Right. And she said, now we have regular meetings. We have a schedule. We have goals that we want to accomplish. We have, we have an agenda and we know that if one of us during the middle of the week or before the meeting starts, in the conversation and we don't have time, we can say, you know, let's put that, that – that's really good, but let's put that on for Tuesday. Right, right, you right. Know? Yeah. You know, so I do want to say that in addition to this, and this is, this is a key piece of it, but in addition to it, there are times when something comes up unexpectedly. And I wrote an article early on. It's gotten – it's still on my website. I have it posted on the website when I talk about – um, terrible time zones and terrific time zones. When you do have to have a conversation about some sort of money thing and it's not during a regular monthly meeting, when somebody's brushing their teeth, that's a terrible time zone. When they're just on the way out the door to work or they've just gotten back in off the highway and they feel you know exhausted, that's a terrible time zone. Or when kids are underfoot and the TV's on or when the, somebody's checking their email and you have only half their attention. Those are – none of those are good times to talk about money. But the terrific time zones are – in the, in the morning, on a weekend morning, or in the evening when you send the kids off to the, you know, they all go watch TV and you're sitting there with just your spouse and you can focus on it with no distractions. The phones are unplugged and the email's not being checked. Um, yeah, what you're, yeah, what you're talking about, Brian, is something that's as important as setting up the meeting, which is the agreement around ta- the talk about money. So what do we do when when something comes up and we can't talk about it in our regular meeting? Having an agreement about what your what your procedure is before 
something happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm reminded also um, one of our first programs, Lachelle Chardet, um, she does a lot of work with couples, and she says connect with the feelings and the needs of the other person, not just the content that is being delivered. Mm-hmm. And in money conversations over and over again, we can get so focused on the numbers or the, the we got to do this, or we got to do that, or there's this deadline that we don't step back. And I think Lachelle's comment is very important. Her suggestion is take a moment and, and say, what's going on underneath here? What, what, what are the, what's, and then underneath that is what's really, what is it that we need, not just how do we solve this problem? Yeah, one way to, that I have uh, found works for people to back into that because having that, that pause button. Yeah, pause button is, is, is really hard. You know, that's a, it's an important practice. So you begin to practice with yourself to have a pause button. Mm-hmm. But when I talk about agreements about, how we're going to handle this. We, my clients and I talk about a phrase that they use. So something becomes urgent, there's a late payment or there's something that got screwed up and, and it's making me all, all anxious and I need to talk to my husband about it and I need to talk to him now and he comes home from work and I'm not exactly going to stop and say, wow, what is he feeling right now? Right. You know, not exactly. But if if I say, you know, we have to talk about this. It's really important. I need to I need an answer now. Having an agreement about what his, what his go to phrase can be or what your go to phrase if you're on the other side of that is really important. So he may say, huh, OK, can we talk about this in five minutes? Uh, OK, OK. You know, so that you create that pause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're saying a go-to phrase, that's something that has been agreed upon when both people have level heads, there's there's a good uh, rapport between the two folks, and it's like, okay, let's – what's the language that will work for me to say that you'll recognize right at this very moment's not the, the good time? And, and – Exactly. And I don't get into an anxious, well, you know, he's not listening to me. This is really right. important. Doesn't he understand? And he's, he's in his mind, he's saying, I, I just got home from work. I need some time. I can't really deal with this now. And, and it doesn't escalate into that emotional vortex. Right. Right. The the neuroscience comes the this whole thing around the amygdala. I don't know if we've done a show specifically on on the neuroscience, but there's um the idea that we don't want to alarm we we want to settle things down so that we're in our in our right brain in our the the, the executive part of our brain rather than in that primitive reptile brain. We uh, go naturally to the protection, the fight or flight. Right. Right. Naturally. One one client, one client, his phrase was uh, when he could start to feel it, and it's like what you said earlier in this show, Anne, that he became aware that it was in his body, and for him it was his stomach. He got a little bit of a knot in his stomach, and if he didn't pay attention to it, it turned into a bigger knot. But as he realized that, his phrase to himself was, whoa, reptile brain, slow down here, big fella. And, and it, just that, and then his wife could hear that, and they could both have a laugh about it. And so it wouldn't, it wouldn't be an emotionally charged situation, an unconsciously 
emotionally charged. There could well be emotion in it. There's concern about it, but it's not driven by the emotions. You know, what you bring up is so important. If you can break that tension with humor that respects both of you and and or if it's a child, the same thing mm-hmm. that res- that doesn't demean either party in this conversation, but it breaks the tension with humor. It's it is worth its weight in gold. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so that's the kind of thing to um, I encourage people on their good days to do the kinds of things that you're talking about, that, that, that your suggestion about creating a pause, but also, you know, this this idea of humor. Um, I have not done that as specifically, but I yeah. think that would be worthwhile. Yeah, humor is, you know, <laughs> I know, in my life, humor is very important. It's kind of like it's like the, the uh, a, a lubricant. It, it helps it helps us move through these difficult moments. Well, you know, again, and it goes that we go back to the primitive, what we we're talking about, the fight or flight. We want to go so fast to the fight. Mm-hmm. It's it's how our brains are wired. We want to go to the fight. We want to go to the negative and and bringing it to the positive mm-hmm. and to the humor breaks that cycle so fast. Yeah. Yeah. It breaks that whirl. You know? <laughs> and soften things. And then yeah. we can get back to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then you can get back to the conversation about wow, what's really going on here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is really going on here? Because the, the it may need to be something that is taken care of right at that minute. But break the break the story that your brain is going into in mm-hmm. order to get to that productive place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a tricky business. I know that that when I was in the investment management business, that was I, I could see people get caught in that. I could see individuals they kind of just swirl down into it and sit with it, or I'd see couples have it arcing back and forth right there in my office. And I wanted the skills to be able to interrupt that, to help them interrupt that, and get moved on to a more productive conversation. And so that Speaking- was why. Speaking that was why of, I went went on and got these skills that now both you and I, in our own ways, we've come to understand that these coaching skills, these financial coaching skills, is is to help people yeah. um, have more effective communication. Well, and the, you know, my my key belief is that the client is resourceful. Yes. So you know, speaking of uh, speaking of moving fast, our hour is gone. I can't I can't believe it. Always goes fast. I know. So what do we have coming up for our first show in February? Well, next week we are going to be speaking with Tim Maurer, an author, educator and successful financial planner. Tim believes that personal finance is more personal than it is finance. And he also believes that money has no value other than the value we give it. Tim will talk with us about connecting who we are to what we do through the commodity we interact with almost constantly, our money. So please join us. Until then, I'm Brian Farr. And I'm Ann Hutchins. And please keep this conversation going because you have money in your life. Thank you for making money in your life part of your financial plan this week. 
Please join your hosts, Ann Hutchins and Brian Farr, again next Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.